welcome to You Need to See This, an every other weekly film podcast about filling the gaps in our collective cinematic experience. I'm Bree, and I'm joined by my co-host. Cozy, hey! Hey, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. Pretty good, pretty good. Just, um, you know, like, uh, uh, I'm booking my shows again for next month, because, you know, Pack was down for June, and like July is coming up. So I'm like, all right, I'm booking all my shows again. And it's fun. I feel like people are like excited. Good. I, I Yeah, I feel the same way with uh, with our sketch team. It feels like we had like a nice little uh, break and now we're like fully energized going back into it. So. Oh, the best. Yeah, it's such a, it's a really nice feeling. Um, at least on like the booking side. It's so nice to be like, here, have a space. Do you like, I've picked you out of all of the comedy people to have a thing and they're like what okay <laughs> yeah uh, yeah they're like really excited <laughs> yeah like I know when I before I had shows like I think all I ever wanted was for someone to be like you cozy you're specifically funny I'm gonna put you on a team or put you in a show and no one really did that and so whenever I have the opportunity I'm like I'm gonna pick someone out and be like you're funny I've seen you before and I'm gonna give you a compliment and you should come do this thing yeah, always a confidence boost. I feel like, yeah, I, I know a lot of people do ask to, like, they put themselves out there to be on shows, like, I'm available to be on a show. And, mm. like, it is always nice when you get, like, picked out or you get that message that's like, come be on my show. I think you're great. Yeah. Oh, it's a nice, especially, especially now. Since yeah. Now, since I've been doing it for so long, I'm truly like, I don't submit as often as I used to. And so whenever someone does that, I'm like, that was convenient. Thank you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same, same hundred percent. Like I really don't submit uh, unless it's, I do go sketch yourself. That's probably the most thing that I like submit to. So whenever I get somebody who asks me about doing a show, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I will do it. And oh. usually, yeah, I feel like it's a good way to bring people who are just like gonna, you know, be really excited and promote the show and oh yeah especially newer folks then they're real real excited oh yeah that's true that makes a difference too if you're if you've done it for a while you might be like oh just another Wednesday night yeah they're like a guest and then they you put them on the thing and they don't promote anything and you're like oh fine (laughs) true yeah plenty of those people (laughs) um anyway uh we are comedians writers improvisers and we fear the great conjunction always that's my whole fear that's like it's that and spider (laughs) (laughs) yeah spiders uh pretty up there actually you know what that's not that's not true for me i really like spiders but um, yeah i definitely have seen friends get bitten by them and Mm. uh or i've seen i had a friend who got bit by a brown recluse and that was terrifying what happened that's not fun yeah uh, yeah i had a friend who got great conjunction it sucked (laughs) (laughs) yeah you don't want to get great conjunction good conjunction is different but great conjunction yeah i had a friend get so so conjunctioned um i probably know people with conjunctivitis (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah great is awful yeah yeah great is awful that's the way (laughs) that's what great means i found that to be the case (laughs) that is good great is awful (laughs) yes um that's why we ended up with you know ill sick those are all good things these are all good things great is a bad thing (laughs) this is news breaking news this is breaking news um anyway every episode one of us tries to convince the other and the audience that they need to see a specific film and we do it all with no spoilers but 
Before we get into uh, today's film, we have a We Saw It. We do have a We Saw It. I saw a movie that uh, that you recommended to watch on this very podcast. I saw Scanners. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah. so, you've, so you've done a lot of the We Saw It's that are like the kind of more uh, the older horror kind of movies. That's well, very I true. I guess you did, um, what was you did, uh, uh, what was the last one you did? Um, I don't remember at this point. I feel like I've been off for a little bit. I've been so busy lately, and I was like, I need to get back on this. But I feel like I've done most of them so far that you've recommended. Um, they live. That's right. It just came. Yeah. Me. Oh, totally. Yeah. Would but raise the red lantern. I still need to check out, and um, I still need to check out uh, Arrival. Mm, okay. What'd you think of Scanners? I thought Scanners was great. The first thing that struck me about it is the sound design. It's really effective. Yeah. Like those scanning moments are very, very good. Like I felt them on a body level and it was kind of difficult, but I was like, this is the kind of difficult that I like out of, out of um, like audio things where I was like, this is difficult on purpose and it's doing what it's supposed to do, which is make me worry. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel, I, I, I definitely agree with that. It's very, um, it gets under the skin. Yeah. And it, it sort of, transcended time a little bit where I was like this is what like an 80s or something movie Mm -hmm. um but they could have done the same type of like great sound design now yeah no that's a that's a good thing to to observe um I feel like that definitely makes even the I mean the effects are good in this movie but I feel like the ones that like maybe kind of take you out of it a little bit just because we're so used to seeing elevated graphics and design and stuff now like I feel like the sound design in that movie really does kind of like it just makes everything feel a lot more real and and invasive and you feel um yeah you feel what these people are going through when they're being scanned (laughs) yeah oh absolutely and also Dr. Paul Ruth is very good in this the actor really did a great job oh yes good I'm glad (laughs) yeah he was fantastic I think he did great I think everybody did great, except for the main scanner guy, uh, Cameron Vale, seemed like a very bad actor. Mm. And I feel like I kind of get why they did that or what that was doing on a story level, like at least as much as they explained that and like hinted at it. But it's still, to me, it never feels worth making someone a bad actor. Like, or like, I don't know if it was on purpose or not, to be honest, but if you intentionally have someone act like not a human being or like a weirdo in like a very bad actory way. And then near the end, you kind of reveal why it's doesn't feel worth it to me. I'm just like, I still had to watch bad acting for a whole movie. <laughs> That's totally fair. I do feel like, yeah, they tried to justify it within the story and be like, yeah. this is like kind of a blank slate sort of person. Right. Exactly. Who it's like, okay, but that's, I mean, as these events are unfolding in the movie, you would think like there'd be a little bit more of an emotional reaction. Yeah, exactly. And even like, I bet there's a, there's, there has to be a good way to act like a blank slate and be like a good actor during it. But I don't know. He was bothering me. But mm. despite that, despite that, everyone else did a great job in it. Um, and I think they, they did a really good job maintaining like the tone of it. It was very 80s dark and like formal with kind of some 70s moments in there a little bit. Um, and there are a few things that like feel silly now, but I think that's just sort of how it works with movies. And right. most of them felt like nothing felt so silly that it took me out of it. 
That's good. Uh, did you enjoy? Because um, I think my favorite performance out of that, and I think that was one of, I, if it was, if I remember, it was one of my reasons. But Michael Ironside, the bad guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was fantastic. He did a great job in it. Yeah. Yeah, he um, was. I'd seen him once in something, um, like somewhat recently, and I, I kind of got what his deal was. And then the version of of the character that he played in this one, I was like, yeah, I also like this version. He has range, but is still like creepy and bad in a good way. And I was like, yeah, that you know, the, the way that he's introduced, there was a minute where I was like, come on, why would out of every just ran? And then I sort of got what was going on. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, but yeah, he did a great job in it. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah, I, I agree with you about the main guy, though, being a little like falling flat kind of. Oh, so much. I mean, but that's the nice thing is it felt flat against everybody else doing such a great job. Like it emphasized how flat he felt because everyone was doing good acting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like ev everyone else's performances like shined so much that like, even if he was an okay actor, yeah, it made him look worse for it. But yeah. I think at least, yeah, at least there is the benefit of like the, it made sense within the context of the story on some level. Oh, absolutely. And it felt like it wasn't just about him. Like they gave so much to Michael Ironside and they like, really focused a lot on on the doctor and just on the other guy and just like all these people there are so many people in it that get scenes where the main character just isn't involved mm -hmm. and so um like i don't think there's ever a moment where i felt out of it because of that so good and that's really the key is you want to keep people in that world you want to make sure that it's like if you create a real like a full world then you never want people to feel like nah, this isn't real. This is silly. They put, Someone put this together and they did a bad job with it or whatever. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah super fun. Super great. Um, killer recommendation. Great job. Uh, and it made me want to watch the sequels, though I don't know if they're good or not. Ooh. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've seen any of the sequels, honestly. Ooh. Um, maybe, maybe I saw when I was young and I just don't remember, but I don't, or they were so bad that I blacked them out. But I've seen <laughs> I, scanners a lot, so. I feel like that's a lot of sequels back then where everyone's like, we're gonna talk about this movie forever and never, and no one's ever gonna talk about the sequels ever, is usually that indicator of someone else was involved or made it. And they're like, well, that one probably wasn't worth it. But yeah. I might, you know, I, I might check them out. I'm curious to see how they came out because by the end of this one, I was hooked. I was like, yeah, all right, keep it going. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember if uh, if it's the same if Cronenberg or not the sequels. Mm. Um, yeah, and and again, like I haven't seen a lot of Cronenberg, so this was really helpful to kind of get his vibe. And I was a little worried, I guess, because I mean, I'm such a body horror person, and everyone's like, "This is the guy. He's the body horror guy." And I was like, "Is it going to be too much for me?" Um, and it wasn't at all too much. It was like the right amount. Yeah, I think uh, I think this it's not as bad as I think. Yeah, people kind of assume Cronenberg can be because you hear body horror and you kind of just like assume sort of the goriest, grossest things. But yeah, like there are versions of body horror that are difficult for me and versions that are great. And yeah. I don't exactly know where the difference is for me, but I bet slowness probably has something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I just looked it up though. Scanners 2 is not Cronenberg. So that might be why I never uh, watched it. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all, honestly. As soon as they hand it over to somebody else, he was probably busy. He was probably 
riding off the success and they're like, we got to do something. Right. And not always bad. Not always bad when they bring in someone new, but. Um, no, that's true. Sometimes it can work, but. They I take it. Yeah. Different, okay. different mood, I guess, uh, that the, that the movie might have. Yeah. It can be, it can be a certain type of a risk sometimes, but other times it'll work out nicely. Yeah. I guess it, I think, I feel like when I, where, where I see it most often these days is like in superhero movies, right? But those feel so refillable somehow where I'm like, that's fine. It'll be a different person. And no matter who they got, they got somebody good. Because mm-hmm. for them, they're very worried. <laughs> well, speaking of movies that take a risk. Ooh, are we watching the movie Risk? The movie version <laughs> of Risk? <laughs> no. It's like Clue, but worse. <laughs> But worse longer. and much longer. It's much more like longer. A, it's probably have to be a show. It's a lot of international travel. <laughs> yeah, a lot Not of like, like sidebar of discussions about strategy and oh no, uh, whether uh, oh and and a lot of alliances. Yeah, um, that sounds terrible. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a boring movie about like the boardroom where war happens. You know, like the you're in the White House and you're talking about a war. Yeah, any movie with alliances feels bad to me immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Risk though. As I've never played game. it. Um, very fun. That's cool. Yeah, I've never done Risk. I've never done Catan. Um, the classic longies, the classic smarties. Um, but boy, do I love Sorry. <laughs> Ooh, Sorry. I that was a fun game. Yeah, it's a good time. Grew up with a good time. That and Scrabble. I mean, come on. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, Scrabble's easily uh, loved by most people. It's true. But speaking about movies with Scrabble. Speaking about movies with Scrabble. (laughs) Speaking uh, of Scrabble movies, yeah. This movie does not have any Scrabble. But it's got Um, words in it, right? It does have words. There we go. Um, And it does have somebody who, uh, it has a character who at one point doesn't know how to read certain words. So are you doing a rival again? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a rival. Um, and okay. the part of what I just said was is a very small, very insignificant part of this entire movie. Perfect. So not the best segue, but uh, <laughs> I'll just read the synopsis and you'll get an idea of what, of what the, um, the movie is. Now I haven't even said the name of the movie. That's um, true. <laughs> so we went on a tangent there. Uh, Maybe I'll cut that out. <laughs> no, I love a good tangent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Um, so today I'm going to try to convince you to watch the 1982 fantasy, The Dark Crystal. Ooh. And Cozy, you need to see this. This is exciting. I'm very curious about this one. Okay. Yeah. So this movie, um, synopsis, 1,000 years ago on the planet of Thra, the Dark Crystal cracked and brought forth two races. One is the evil bird-like race called the Skeksis, who have ruled the land with an iron fist, destroying many and enslaving others. The other are a peaceful race of wizards called the Mystics. Now a young Gelfling named Jen, raised by the Mystics, is sent by his dying master to find the missing shard of the Dark Crystal, which gives the Skeksis their power. Following the clues of ancient prophecy, Jen embarks on a perilous adventure to retrieve the shard and reunite it with the crystal before the next great conjecture occurs, a cosmic event where the three suns perfectly align. If he cannot complete his task in time, the state of the current world will become permanent with the Skeksis ruling the planet forever as immortals. 
Can mm -hmm. a single Gelfling bear the burden of an entire planet's salvation on his shoulders? Interesting. Okay, so it's a great conjecture, not the great conjunction. Okay, that's good to know. That's on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did write conjunction up top. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. No, wait. <laughs> I'm so curious if it's conjecture or conjunction now. <laughs> uh, I think it's the conjunction. Okay, let it's me, the conjunction. Let me let me <laughs> confirm this really quick because I need yes, to get this right. The great the great confirmation is what's happening right <laughs> the now. Great confirmation, yes. I like it either way. It could be a conjecture junction. What's your function? We're getting back into like language and words again if we're talking conjunction junction. That is if the it was a great conjunction. Yeah, can great the great conjunction feels like a Scrabble thing now. <laughs> <laughs> the fifty point conjunction. <laughs> uh, it is the great conjunction, so not Perfect. the great conjecture. That must Wonderful. have been an autocorrect. <laughs> yeah, an auto, an auto conjunct. This makes sense to me. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, but yes, the first thing that struck me about about that um, synopsis is that it's interesting because it makes me. It, it sounds a little bit, just a little bit, like a mix between sci-fi and fantasy. Because usually, when you're talking sci uh, fantasy, there's no planet involved. But this time, we started with a different planet. It is a different planet, so you're right. Um, yeah, that's crazy. There's a different planet and wizards. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, like, it's so weird because it, I guess, yeah, it, it being on a different planet, there is a sci-fi element to it. But, like, yeah. once that is established, it's fully fantasy. Okay, that makes sense. And as we, as we, already, uh, as we already decided in a past episode of this, Anytime it's on any planet, it is technically sci-fi. <laughs> yes, exactly. If it takes place on a planet, it's science fiction. If it takes place in the universe. And you know yeah. what? Yeah, you know what? There are sci-fi elements to this because there's uh, the, the great conjunction. Con God damn it. <laughs> the great, the great con conjunction. conjunction. Not the great Which conjecture. Makes sense to me, though. Planets seem like they would conjunct. If it's a planet-related thing, that feels conjunctory. Conjunction-y. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Conjunctivitis. Yeah, it's, we have conjecturitis. <laughs> We've got congestion. Uh, uh, yeah, just decongesting will be the, the goal of this podcast. A great congestion. Okay, so there's bird creatures, and the thing was giving them power, and they have to find the thing that gives them power for the bird creature. Okay, I feel like I got enough of it mentally, and then there are parts that like I think I passed by, and I'll probably hear again on the re-listen. But I, I, I think I get enough of it. There are wizards, there are bird creatures, um, and there is a person on, there's a guy on a quest. Basically, yeah. It's basically kind of like a, a chosen one kind of uh, Kind of story. fantasy, yeah. Um, prophecy and prophecy. yeah, the crystal made two races and one's really bad and one's good and mm -hmm. basically to make things from being bad forever, he has to reunite the shard to the crystal interesting yeah that makes me think of a couple things um i think that whenever there's a situation where they're like one race is bad inherently <laughs> um there's always going to be a future version of it where they're like but are they are we just assuming they're evil forever like with um i am i assume i can't even remember if they did that in lord of the rings but in D D, they do that all the time yeah um, but I, I can't remember if they did that with the orcs in D, in uh, in in um lord of the rings or not if they're ever like there are some good ones don't be a jerk yeah but, yeah but i i'm guessing 
because I know that they made this into a into a streaming series. I'm yes. guessing with that new streaming series, they might have done that, but I don't know. Yeah, I think there's always, I feel like fantasy uh, tends to do that a lot. Like there's always going to be a lot of uh, good and evil, but I don't think it's always so black and white. Yeah, and the old versions sometimes were very black and white, but the new versions are like, we shouldn't do that anymore because that seems shitty. <laughs> right, exactly. Or, or there's a lot of turning points where, yeah, the bad right. guy turns out to be not so bad or like has a change of heart. And Yeah. yeah. Or like one of, one of the underlings like changes and is good. And then it's like, you're one of us now. We're cool. Yeah, things like that. But anyway, we're we're getting we're getting distracted. We're getting in the weeds. Tell me more about this. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So this is uh, directed by Jim Henson, Frank Oz, oh. um, of Muppets uh, Legend. Mm -hmm. uh, written by David O'Dell and Jim Henson. Um, David O'Dell worked on the Muppets and pretty much like is part of the the crew. Um, the Muppet Crew. The Muppet Crew. Yes. Cool. Um, and basically, yeah, this is sort of like a Jim Henson passion project um, mm. and completely all puppets um, in this like insanely built out world. All um, puppets? Like the main character too? Yep. No humans. No humans. This is a no humans movie. Yes. This is a, this is a fantasy sci-fi with only puppets. Only puppets. That See, that I'm not used to at all because I've seen Labyrinth. And that's my fantasy sci-fi from this era. But anything, or I mean fantasy from that era. Um, but I don't think I've ever seen anything that's just straight puppets aside. Yeah, interesting. Okay, cool. I'm processing that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely, uh, huh. I think, one of a kind for that reason. Um, yeah, what, what kind of puppet is the main character then? Does he seem like human-y or what's his deal? That's weird. Yeah, he's huh. kind of like a little elf. Okay. Like, that could be Gelfling. Cool. So he's kind of like a little, a tiny human with like a lot of people um, joke on the internet that he sort of looks like a, an elven, like a tiny puppet version of Steven Tyler. Weird. Inter okay. This, I bet, I bet I'm going to have to make choices based on how this, how, like, how, like the look of these puppets in some way. But okay, cool. Yes. Um, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, the look <laughs> of these puppets might, um, yeah, I feel like there's there's reasons that this movie, I think, wasn't 100% uh, loved when it came out. Sure. Um, and a lot of it is because of the risk that, that Henson took making every character a puppet, because there's nice. just so much, you know, there's so much emotion you can convey with, like, a human face that you can't with a puppet. Very true um but anyway uh, except for the human face in the scanner <laughs> yes <laughs> sick oh, burn on that guy whose name i forgot okay anyway let's yeah. where are we at <laughs> that, guy's a, that guy's a puppet boom nailed it i um, hope he's in this movie <laughs> <laughs> he is not sadly oh, oh well <laughs> unless he is represented by some sort of creature that is based off of him but i don't think so all possible possible um I saw this movie when I was very young. I was a kid uh, and I believe my, either my dad or my aunt showed me this um, mm -hmm. and it terrified me. Ooh, that's but interesting when that happens. I loved it. Um, over time, 
I think. I I liked it when I first watched it, but it was like a scary thing to watch, I think, as like a six or seven year old. So Yeah, like like me with um Nightmare Before Christmas and the original Batman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those I are both that. movies I left very quickly. Hmm. How old were you? Um very young. I was I don't know how young I was exactly, but I was young enough to be afraid of the concept of a movie and literally leave during the theme song of Nightmare Before Christmas with my dad just be like nope i'm done wow but i think for the original batman i think i left a room where it was playing rather than an uh a uh, movie theater interesting yeah Yeah, the chattering teeth part i thought the joker's teeth were his real teeth and so i was like his teeth are out oh no yeah that's that makes sense i feel like i probably (laughs) was scared by those moments too well then you would have definitely thought dark crystal was terrifying oh good to know yeah um and so yeah what did you uh, how come you haven't seen the dark crystal what's your reason for missing this movie hmm ah that's a good question so when did it come out what year 82 82 so it wouldn't have been a thing i could see in theaters um i don't know how i saw i think whenever i see other movies that weren't in theaters when i was alive the answer is always they were playing on television because I never really uh, sought out um, movies that weren't comedies as a kid. I would go to the store, I would rent comedies, but I didn't really rent anything that wasn't a comedy uh, ever. (laughs) So I just kind of never saw them. And the older I got, the more I continued not to seek out movies. So this one, I, I think... I think that any time there was a situation where I would have sought out a movie like this, I was seeing Labyrinth instead. Totally fair. Yeah, or or even um uh like I was a big Neverending Story kid, mm. um, and I love 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 uh, Princess Bride, and like those movies all have a same like here is a fantastical world that you're gonna be in for a while. So those were kind of it. Those were the ones for me. And Dark Crystal, I just sort of heard the name of a lot. But I I also wasn't a big, like, Jim Henson Muppet guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I I liked Muppet Babies, but the original, like, Muppet Muppets, I didn't really see much. So I think that would have been something to pull me in that direction that just wasn't there. Okay. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of the one Henson project that, like, if, yeah, if you've seen NeverEnding Story and, like, The Labyrinth, like, um, it feels more in that world than it does in Muppets like this is so far away yeah, from Muppets that it's that like makes perfect sense like this was I feel like you know a stepping stone for the labyrinth in a lot of ways oh um, that's cool also did we do uh actors and stuff oh uh no we did not um yeah I want to hear about some voices <laughs> yeah so uh we have a lot of the performers you know Jim Henson was puppeteering Jen Sure. Um, a few of the Skeksis. We have like a lot of the people puppeteering that. Um, as far as voices go, we have uh, Stephen Garlick, uh, that who plays Jen. That's the um, main character, the Gelfling. Okay, well, I love garlic. <laughs> we love garlic. Um, we do. We do. We love a good garlic. Yeah. So not a lot of things that I recognize him from. It seems like a lot of um, TV. Um, then we have uh, Lisa Maxwell as Kira. Um, my favorite voice in this is Billy Whitelaw, um, mm-hmm. who plays Agra, which is sort of this like very ugly kind of witch-like character. 
cool. Um, and Billy Whitelaw uh, has been in The Omen, in the original 1976 Omen, um, was also in Hot Fuzz. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I liked Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Um, so a lot of voices that, like, uh, I know, I feel like surprised me because I felt like, you know, with the Muppets, it's a lot of voice by the Muppets crew. And this one, it was like, you know, Henson and Frank Oz were doing the puppeteering, and then it was a lot of um, outside voices. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Barry Denon is this very memorable voice in this movie. Um, one of the Skeksis. Uh, Barry Denon um, has pretty much just been in Dark Crystal, done a lot of like, uh, it seems like video game, VO, Metal Gear oh. Solid. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of different voices, a lot of characters in this. Um, no one that I think, at least for me, was like a recognizable name. That's fair. That'll happen. No, no bells sometimes. Yeah. Um, but all great voice acting throughout. Ooh. Well, good. I love that. I love good voice acting. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of fun. Um, Especially with the villains, I think. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, based on the villains from other ones, I mean, we got David Bowie. So yeah, it's a hard a hard one to hit. Ooh, yes. Um, I know, and it's hard to think of Bowie as a villain, but definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing uh, a baby, come on. Definitely, yeah, definitely a bad guy. But man, <laughs> he, put, he gets put in those weird pants and you're like, is he though? Right. Yeah, no, he was more formative for people. <laughs> yes. Everyone's like, he's a good dad. Yeah, That's yeah, like exactly. Proto dad situation. <laughs> You're like, he's just helping the baby, uh, take putting the baby away from a bad home and giving him a good home with a bunch of goblins. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make it really fun and cool. And <laughs> right, he tosses the baby in the air during uh, that song. Definitely good dad. <laughs> yeah, safe. Very safe. Very safe. Very dad. safe dad. Yes. Um, so, Cozy, what are your first impressions of this movie? It sounds interesting. It sounds interesting. Um, I think um, I I think that based on the type of movie it is, I already would probably like it because I do like fantasy movies and fantasy in general. I am a sucker for fantasy no matter what. Okay. Um, I'm not a big puppet guy. Like, not a puppet fan. Sorry, people I know who are listening who do puppet prov or whatever, but not a puppet fan at all. So there's a little bit of work to be done on me on that one, I suppose. But um, yeah, I'm curious to hear more about about it in terms of like plot and uh, and general kind of like feeling of it. Great. So now I'm going to get into my reasons. Perfect. So my first reason uh, for you to watch the dark crystal is just the world building mm. um i feel like henson really like created an entirely new planet for this movie and you can see it in just like all the detail um the landscapes you have uh so many little puppets that are just like creatures in the world um mm. that like some some play a, a significant part of the of the story and then there's others that are just kind of like almost like ocean like a coral reef or something like there's sort of these like breathing moving um like plant life on this planet that are just like puppeteered Ooh, that's cool 
Yeah. And like little things that like just they have uh, there's one scene I remember where it has almost like this uh, little propeller kind of plant that just kind of like there was like three or four of them that would just like spin off and go into the air. Mm -hmm. Just like little details like that that really make you like immersed into this into this landscape that they're in. Mm, but is there unobtainium? No. Thank God. <laughs> um, then I think we're okay. <laughs> we're okay. There are land striders and Gartham and Pops. I don't know. See, I don't know what a lot of those are, but that <laughs> makes me excited to see what they are. Yeah, it's very, um, yeah, you know, sci-fi in that sense too. Yeah, there's like a bunch of like these uh, creatures that... Um, were created like this whole yeah the world building like this whole uh dark crystal planet it has like so many different races like and uh creatures that play you know smaller roles in this there's like you know th these land striders are these almost um giraffe slash like moth-like creatures that they ride throughout the desert Ooh. Um, yeah this this is really interesting because Weirdly enough, to go back to to like Avatar two, um, that one struck me as so much of a sci fi movie that was like leaking into fantasy in such little weird ways. But this one seems like a really smart blend on like the ground level of like creatures, and creatures can be from either of those. But generally, with fantasy, there are most creatures seem to come from like dungeon master manuals, whereas these seem like really interesting sci-fi like planet creatures where they don't feel like aliens but they feel like creatures and i kind of like that they're they're less mon they're not monsters and they're not yeah interesting i like i like how this is messing with that combo yeah yeah i think um yeah i think that's a good way of putting it and uh i think you're right in the sense that like there's fantasy tends to fall into that like middle earth kind of like these are dragons and like yeah. Um, and there's a little bit, you know, like Gelfling is like very much like, okay, this is like an Elfling, like this yeah. is an Elf-like elf creature, but this, um, the like other creatures that are on this planet and the other races on this planet are uniquely, you know, um, dark crystal world uh, creations, so. Very cool. I like that. Yeah, that <laughs> makes me think of Fantasy Star, the uh, video game series, because that's always been kind of a weird mix of both of those mm -hmm. like it's had a lot of a lot of sci-fi elements to it like you're finding cyborgs and things like that you're on like these sand planets and you see like sandworms but at the same time in some of those games there are like guys with swords and the focus is more on the sword element of it and like some of the creatures feel more like monsters and so it's always really interesting to see how people blend those when they do yeah, I think this, I think, yeah, this movie does a really good job of, of, um, of taking like certain elements of like the, the genre and kind of just really like making it their own. Um, and you can see that in just like the, the detail uh, in like all the puppets, which is sort of my second reason. Um, hmm. My second reason is that this movie is really cool and you should watch it because it is all puppets and that's sort of like unprecedented um yeah uh so it was like a really ambitious project and to make like a full not only is it like a movie with all puppets but it's a sci-fi fantasy 
movie with like entirely like non-human races and, and creatures and plant life that is puppeteered. That feels a lot safer to me than like a movie where you would expect there to be people, but instead it's all puppets. I think if it's all non-human creatures and they're all portrayed by puppets, that feels like the way to do it somehow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it feels like there's more like uh, almost like forgiveness with it too. Yeah, there's more leeway. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think like if you just even, you know, do, do like an image search of some of the uh, the character design and of, of these puppets, it's so detailed. Ooh, yeah, that helps so much. It really, really does. Yeah. Um, and I'm it's doing like... a very passive version of that right now. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some, even the bad guys, the Skeksis, like there's, I mean, Henson probably and all of the people who worked um, on these creatures and the animatronics and everything like in the puppets could have easily made all of these bad guys look very similar. Um, but there's mm -hmm. so much detail even in their faces that is like different. So you can really tell um, the bad guys apart. They're Ooh, all very ugly. Great. <laughs> but in a different unique way right yes in a very Love different that. unique way that's there's also a lot of ugly creatures in this um a lot of ugly bad looking but it like purposefully like grotesque um you know villains in this Ooh, yeah that's cool i think that that makes that makes a lot of sense to me too it's harder to it's harder to mimic human without ending up in a weird uncanny valley than it is to create new monsters that are detailed in an ugly way and feel like wrong, I guess is the way, weird way of saying that. Like wrongness makes more sense on something that isn't human anyway. I guess yeah. other, other otherness maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the uncanny Valley thing is kind of also <laughs> um, gets into my third reason. <laughs> Ooh, awesome. Love it. Um, which is this movie is terrifying. Um <laughs> And it's a terrifying children's movie. Um, mm. And I actually read that Henson really wanted this to scare children, which made me respect <laughs> it so much more. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but the scariest characters are not the bad guys, but it is the Gelfling, um, <laughs> Jen, who it is in that uncanny valley territory, I think. Yeah, from the photos I'm seeing, I'm like, I kind of get it. And I bet in motion, it would probably be even more so, right? Yes, 100%. There's definitely a like dead behind the eyes kind of like weirdness where it's like, okay, they're almost, they almost look like they're, they're sort of who we're supposed to be um, most, we're, we're going to supposed to relate to them the most as yeah. far as like human like creatures, but they're also the most disturbing at times. Interesting. I wonder if, I wonder if now because it's you know it's been since the 80s it's been since it's been so long i wonder if now if i started watching it i would start kind of disengaged or disconnected and then at some point realize oh i'm really like feeling empathy for this character and now i can't even even tell the difference anymore yeah hmm i feel like <laughs> there's a lot of um use of like narration and like in there's a little bit of like inner monologue um that hmm. kind of i think helps make some of the emotions land oh I love uh, that yeah when when I think like the puppets just can't quite get there um <laughs> okay that may, yeah that makes total sense <laughs> yeah uh 
and there was one shot I'm thinking of in particular where it was like um Jen is supposed to be crying and they're like they cut away to like several things and like came back and like there was like a tear Mm. um (laughs) but it's one of those things that you can't just like have a puppet cry on command because it's a puppet (laughs) (laughs) not easy not easy not easy um but I mean yeah it's hard to bring life to to puppets but I feel like there's so much um there's so much amazing puppeteer work in this that I I feel like it's probably as close as you can get as far as like getting an emotional reaction out of puppets (laughs) (laughs) makes sense yeah um but it's scary it's not even just the gelflings it's um the Skeksis are, are scary. There was like, you know, um, there's a lot of like just gross, like there's a, a scene where like the Skeksis are having like a feast and it's like the most disgusting um, feast you could imagine. And like they linger <laughs> on this shot for a long time and it's basically all these like, they're basically just a bunch of, you know, ruthless rulers who have this gross like, meat that they're eating and like you can see like all this meat and and junk hanging from their from their mouth oh fun and they're like grabbing at like they also like eat living things that are you know they're they're scurrying on the table and they're trying to grab them and like shove them in their mouth and it's just yeah. like wow gross that is a good way to make someone look evil is eat a living thing <laughs> yeah definitely very <laughs> effective um yeah, there's a, I think especially for like a kid because kids have such active imaginations like I could see why kids probably have this like burned into their memory. Mm. Oh, of course. It's very imaginative and a lot of um yeah, I think it's just very unique. Very unique character design and um yeah, the bad guys basically are giant like buzzards. <laughs> <laughs> but- the evilest of all the birds. Yes, the evil and <laughs> and somehow it's two hundred times more disgusting. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, my fourth reason is one particular character, uh, who is just amazing and so funny, uh, and her name is Agra, and she is the witch type person in this mm-hmm. fantasy world. Um, just amazing voice as i think i said before uh billy whitelaw um you said you've seen the princess bride oh yeah okay so you know the the lady when um princess buttercup is being announced as like as like the bride and she comes out and you have like the the boo yeah the queen of garbage this is very much that voice oh i love that <laughs> so that's my comparison um <laughs> that's a good comparison and that also weirdly like made me flash to uh to Robin Hood Men in Tights, which almost feels like it gets into Princess Bride territory, but maybe it's same guy, right? Is that the same actor? It's the same actor, yeah. That's why that's why it blurs for me. That's really weird. Yeah, yeah. nice. But I love that guy. He's incredible. Every yeah, time he's, he's in anything, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I didn't mean like uh I haven't seen Robin Hood Men in Tights in a while, but I would mm. it'd be interesting to see them back to back that was I think right. so because there are like little witch elements with um with uh men in tights which that one was my favorite movie for a long time growing up so good oh it's so funny <laughs> yeah it's very funny um yeah Princess Bride is funny too mm-hmm, absolutely both just both great movies oh a delight so good yeah <laughs> um so yeah Agra is like this sort of like very uh 
cantankerous, like outspoken witch who kind of says like <laughs> very fearless, like doesn't really, yeah, lets everyone have a piece of her mind. Um, oh, awesome. I can, yeah, I feel like we can all get behind that these days. Yeah. And she's so like visually terrifying, but like Ooh. the most lovable character, I think. <laughs> um, she's got like these sort of ram horns built into her head and she's got this like mop of gray hair mm. um like this sort of snout like a snout kind of but it's almost like a where where a snout would be like this kind of uh almost skeleton like nose Ooh, interesting um and yeah she does this funny thing like i think a, at least two times in the movie where she gets down to like squat to like either talk to someone or just I don't know there, I feel like there was one time where she just did it because um but it's like the the slowest most uh it seems like it's 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 a lot of work to get her to to, to bend down and she just really gets into the squat and like goes <laughs> the whole time um oh that's fun yeah but she's one of those characters that you like you just assume is like not going to be a good person when you when you watch it sure um, because disney has trained us in specific ways exactly yeah you're like okay this <laughs> bad bad witch lady but um right honestly my favorite character oh that's awesome yeah um my final reason is another little guy in this uh who hmm. honestly should have his own spinoff gotcha yes yes and this is fizz gig hmm and this is like basically, it's basically a little dog. Oh, cute. Yes. Um, he's a little hairball, basically. Um, I would say most, uh, probably closest to a Pomeranian. Mm, okay. Um, but he's a little alien, uh, <laughs> little alien dog who uh, is very loud and barks at the at like the worst times, of course. <laughs> Um, but he's just really funny and really cute and the most out of all the like grotesqueness that is in this movie his gig is like completely 100% adorable and I think you need Aww. that yes oh yeah yeah I think you need that in this movie like you look at his gig and you're like oh what a little cute dog <laughs> um, but he also has like the most shrill and like the worst kind of like he's very like protective um and when he's upset, he has this like horrible, his like mouth opens super wide and he has this like horrible shriek. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Um, so it makes him a little bit worse than, yeah, he's not, he's not cute when he's being protective, but still adorable. Yeah, that's good. That gives him, gives him range. Yeah. Um, and then my bonus reason is about, it's kind of, I think we sort of, uh, touched on this at the beginning but uh this movie is not like necessarily like good versus evil mm -hmm. um I like this movie because it's more about like unity and balance and restoring balance mm -hmm. um and it's it's sort of paints this picture that like and you know if you watch it you'll you'll understand what I mean more but it's it's more about um that yeah, not everything is is bad or good, and that usually you have a little bit of both, and that's like sort of what the world is. Um, nice. And every even the bad things sort of serve their purpose is kind of what I got out of this movie. I like that. Good lesson for kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. 
It's sort nice. of a childhood uh, a favorite of mine. Yeah, and I can't remember. Did you say that this is at all funny in any way, or is it more like immersive in the world? I think there's. I think that's. I think there are moments that are funny. I would say it's nice. more. Um, I think it's funny. Yeah, I think like when I watched it, um, that like there's definitely like choices the voice actors make that really like are comedic. Mm. Um, oh, nice. Even one of the Skeksis does this like funny. Uh, and he's called out on it, like in the in the movie. But he does this whimpering thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's constantly like, mm. <laughs> and it'll get stuck in your head. And like he does that throughout the movie. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, Agra's I feel like a very funny character. Uh, Fizzgig does funny things and has funny like dog like behavior. Uh, yeah, I think th- I think there's a lot of comedy in this. Perfect. Okay, very good to know. So, what do you think? You convinced? Yeah, I think I want to check this out. I'm convinced. Absolutely. Awesome. That's awesome. I'm curious to see, yeah, like, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm definitely biased about this movie. <laughs> because That's I fair. Think when you watch things that young, I feel like a lot of the times you just tend to like it, even if it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, they burrow into you in a specific way that forms things. And it's like, oh, that forms how I receive things, like the world. That's how I perceive the world in some ways, too, and all that. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, if people haven't watched it, I feel like people should because it's it needs to be like a shared uh, scary. <laughs> I think people need to show this to their kids, basically. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> if you've seen this movie, you should hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and let us know what you think of it. Instagram is fairly new at You Need to See This Podcast. Um, follow us tell us about other movies we need to watch and join the facebook group and we can talk about movies yes please um we can talk about conjunctions conjectures (laughs) congestions we can talk about conferences and lectures we could (laughs) it all works yes the conlet the conlecture yes yeah um confabulations um contract yeah contraptions contract contracts of some sort mm-hmm. All contacts the... i'll tell you about contacts <laughs> Ooh, don't know anything about that oh uh, it gets easier we could talk about the movie contact been a while ah. <laughs> yes could do that has that been done on this podcast i don't know but we uh, but i've definitely seen it okay so never mind <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> all right uh well recommendations uh cozy yeah, um, this is one that I can't remember if I touched on at all last time or not. Um, I remember getting close to it, but um, the recommendation for me this time will be uh, seeing the movie Past Lives. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's been on. That's on my list. Yeah, it's a, movies. Yeah, it's a good movie. It hits emotions well, and um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's quiet in a nice way, and the architecture is different from movies that i keep constantly comparing it to uh but i enjoy it and it seems like it's doing good things in a nice way so yeah worth worth watching people are good in it um and uh yeah it does a good job (laughs) awesome um well my recommendation is actually the labyrinth um nice just because it feels like as soon as i finished watching this movie i was like i definitely want to watch the labyrinth (laughs) um it just puts you in this uh yeah in this fantasy world and specifically uh jim henson so nice yeah that um i think that makes a lot of sense i 
I was looking at all old sketches that I've written and I think I wrote one about a talking doorknob or something or like a talking door knocker and it turned out to be like from Labyrinth. <laughs> and then one of them was and then it was just like telling stories about Hoggle or something like that. Good time. Uh-huh. Those are fun. Uh that was a fun sketch. I need to rewatch that one though. The movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think I've ever written any uh, I haven't written a movie sketch, like any sketch based on a movie I've seen. Ooh. Um, which should be something I try at some point. I mean, I, I'm sure I'll be inspired by something. Um, it's a really, it's a really tough call. It's a really, really tough call because if you do it, it I mean, I'm such like a, an evergreen guy that I'm just like, I don't want to do anything reference based. And so I was just like, okay, I got us a talking face doorknob. That seems like a normal <clears throat> sketch. That seems weird. And then I was like, oh, he's like from the door knockers from Labyrinth. And then just sort of curved into that. And I was like, that seems safe enough to like still make sense for people who haven't seen it. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it's it's one of those. Um, and that's the thing is like, I think you have to pick something that's like kind of people will kind of at least get the reference sort of. Um, or if it has nothing to do specifically with the reference and it's just like the name of a character, like it if it's inconsequential to the sketch, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think that's a good move. That said, I definitely also wrote a sketch about, um, I think, where the Babadook sung Pudding on the Ritz or something like that. <laughs> and I've never seen the Babadook. And I was just like, sure, we're doing a Great Gatsby like Babadook parody, having never seen these things, although I read Gatsby. But um, yeah, I think I recommend doing that. I wrote a sketch about ER where I have never seen ER. Um, that's my favorite kind of, of, uh, referential sketch is not having the knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the best way to go about it. Cause then you're not going to get in the weeds about it. And you're yeah, gonna, exactly. You're going to pull sort of the general pop culture stuff that people just know. Yeah. And the things that are missteps are things that are funnier because of it. And you're like, I don't care. <laughs> right. I will never watch ER. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I basically, that one was just crazy. Cause it was literally like, People being like, I'm going to do a heart defibrillator. Like, that was the dialogue. <laughs> All of it was so obviously dumb and fake. And it was like, we're in the ER now. This is the ER. <laughs> Just being loud and awful. And I was like, yeah, I kind of like doing this. Yeah, I always think that's always a fun thing when people try to describe movies, like, or, you know, based off of, like, the title or what they think the movie is about. That's always, like, a fun bit to watch, Oh, too. yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um yeah so plugs cozy you got any plugs i do as a matter of fact have plugs um july 3rd is on its way over and excuse me and um on july 3rd i'm hosting crash this end of the world party i don't know what that's gonna mean yet (laughs) maybe things will be on fire who knows um and that'll be at 7 p.m on the clubhouse main stage we have a uh, new UCB Herald team headbutt doing a set. They're great. Hey, I like them a lot. I know people on that team. You do indeed. You, in fact, know a former guest of the show who I may or may not have booked through uh, that team through that very person. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, everyone should to listen Ezra. to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Without knowing what I mean. <laughs> yeah more fun that way uh <laughs> yeah you you have to listen to every episode to figure it out and even then it won't make any it won't connect because... yeah not not even not just the blues brothers brothers episode but every single episode there we did it <laughs> yes 
and I also have uh, Anastasia Washington, Kelly Spillman, Old Milk, and Sweet Dalai Lama doing that show. Um, I feel good about that combination of people booking-wise, so it should be great. How about yourself? Awesome. Um, I don't have anything at the moment. Um, I think my next show that I'm doing is July 16th, so it's a little ways away, but that'll be a little bit. A little bit. Um, so for now, I think uh, I'm I'm plug free. Fair enough. Absolutely. Um, awesome. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, give us a five star rating if you want to. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to, but we would love to to see them. That's um, true. That would be very nice of you. It would be very nice. Leave a review, subscribe, um, and if you give us five stars, we'll read it. We'll read your review on the air. We'll read stars. We'll read all of your stars. Um, we're astronomers. Yeah, we're going to let you know that things are going pretty well for you in the future. Congratulations. Yes. The great conjunction. Yeah, get ready for that conjunction and no conjunctivitis. <laughs> uh, and yeah, thank you, thank you so much for listening to You Need to See This. Thank you.